Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Uh, my name is Victor Marland, and I have a very, very, very special uh, celebrity guest. Uh, I have great pleasure in announcing uh, Mr. Keanu Reeves. All right, Vic. Oh God, it's you. Hello, Hello Mr. Yeah. Holly. You're back. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Yes, he's Bold back. Bold is back. back once again. Tell your friends. Uh, Sean Holly is uh, back, and with me, Mr. Joystick, Mr. Fantastic. My buttons are red and blue. <laughs> what? Right. You might want to know what that's about. A little while ago, I was making joysticks for the Vectrex, as you know, I've been doing for God knows how long now, and I had like twenty joysticks out in front of me because so I was taking a picture of it for the for the Facebook page, the Vectrex Fans Unite. And, and t- wife came in, and she looked at me, and I just looked at her and went, I'm Mr. Joystick, and she sort of laughed at me, she said, what are you on about? And I went, I don't know, I'm just Mr. Joystick at the moment, because these joysticks, are, um, they're Sanwa copies, but they're actually called Mr. Joystick, that's the name on the side of the box. Wow. So I'm now it, either Shaggy stroke Mr. Joystick, yeah, exactly what it says on tin. Talking about tins, let's <laughs> get a can open, Diet, Diet Coke. Coke, oh yeah. I've got some mango... IPA? No, it's a mango, fizzy, juicy, crappy thing. It's nice. Juicy, Rubicon, crappy, that's the word. Juicy, crappy Rub- thing. My favourite. Rubicon. <laughs> Did you steal a crate of it from work? <sighs> no, I've not got any at work. I should get some in. So, what what have you been doing, mister? All these You've been off for about three months now, haven't you? Been off since the end of March. Yeah, been furloughed. I've been in the eerie twilight world of the furlough. Of the furlough. But but I've been doing loads of stuff. I've been learning stuff. Learning yeah. stuff for work. I've got I've got me a food hygiene certificate, a food allergen certificate, so that will help with the kitchen. Yeah. A fire a fire safety certificate. I now know what to do when there's a fire. You if you're on fire, just... what happens if you're on fire? Drop and roll. Is that? Did you yeah. learn that? Yeah, and if you're on fire, you, if you do see a fire on an arcade machine, you just throw wet kittens at it. Oh, okay. You, you need some kittens, so we'll just throw wet kittens at it, and they'll like dump it down and put it out. Have you got a bag of, of fire kittens just hanging up around the arcade in case that happens? Not yet, no. I'm going to well, have to look into that. You have to. You won't be able to open otherwise. No. Been going for lots of walks. Been good because... Are you allowed? Yeah, you're allowed once a day, aren't you? Well, you're not now. Everything's changed again, hasn't it? Oh, God. But yeah, Don't yeah, go into that. I found all these little places, like, quite near to me. like Narnia? Partways, yeah, through the back of my wardrobe. Yeah, well, that's where it normally is, isn't it? Nothing there, just back me head, Vic. But yeah, lots of little walks. I've learned how to do vector graphics again. I, I forgot all that. Oh, that's vector. interesting. Yeah, and I've written tentatively here. I fin- didn't finish the sentence. What was I tentatively doing? Tentatively, with with a tent or tentatively. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, with a tent, La- definitely with a tent. Me and Lad are trying. We're doing a bit of a kind of do a bit of a game, like a kind of a role playing kind of game. We're still talking about it, but it's going to have. Are uh, you making a game? You mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. What what kind of style? Like a rogue type of game, or or an RPG, JRPG type thing, or what? An RPG with necromancers in it. We're thinking because we yeah. do like we do like an undead. Everyone likes a good necromancer. Oh no, that's a yeah. romance, isn't it? So is this yeah. going to be like a top-down thing, or like a Zelda kind of thing, original Zelda kind of thing, or what? I'm not sure about the graphics yet, 
but I'm, I can, I've been doing little things in Inkscape, the vector graphics thing. Ooh. But my lad's a programmer, isn't he? So he could he could do marvelous things with JavaScript. I know it's not technically a programming language. Well, it is a programming language, but it's for web pages really. But he can do wonders with it, darling. Ooh. Ooh, sounds Wonders. interesting. Good stuff. Well, yeah. I suppose that the hardest bit of the thing is designing the actual gameplay and how it's going to work, and the actual programming yeah. bit and the graphics is not well. I know it's too it's, it's got a lot of effort I've put into it, but it won't be once you've got sort of an idea what you're up to, you can run with it, can't you? Mm. Nice yeah. one. I hope it's going to eight bit graphics. Got some loads of ideas. Got some. Got cool. some. Got some loads. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something. Have, have you thought about doing it on the Switch? You know, on that programming language, Fuse. Oh, no. Because we've got a copy of that each, haven't we? I have no idea how to use it. But once you've got Fuse, you can you can have um, friends on your, on your Switch, um, on your you know your Nintendo thing, send you stuff and you can use their stuff and play and have a little community. That'd be quite good. There's only one problem. What's that? Not got a Switch. I haven't got a Switch. Get a Switch there, Ace, mate. I've loved the Switch. Love the Switch, me. I'm not into the little mini screens. Yeah, no, but you can just... play on TV. And I don't like the controllers. I've played a couple of them. Have you played with a, um, a pro controller? Yes. They're really good. Yeah. We, we yeah, use that all are, the time. Yeah. yeah, they are good. Yeah, the only time I ever use the little controllers on the side of it is when I'm on a plane or on a train or something. I, I don't use it very often out of the dock. Not unless I'm travelling. It's not the kind of thing I sort of take in the bath with me or whatever. I almost just watch videos and stuff then. But yeah, it's really good. What else? Oh, uh, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Bob Mortimer's stuff, Atletico Mint's podcast. Yep, 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 to... yep, yep. They're so funny. They're so good. And he's a train guy on Twitter. And, yeah. And the Gone Fishing series he did with Paul Whitehouse. Yeah, yeah, I've watched BBC. all of them. I'm a big fan of Bob. Yeah, brilliant. So I've just caught up with all that. Like, I've last about He's such a funny guy. So good. He is a very lovable idiot, isn't he? He is. Did you know, we are, I got an email the other day, we are number 210 in the Apple Gaming Podcast chart. That is a new low for us, isn't it? 210. 210, have how many? Uh, 211. 211, probably. I don't know, I'm not sure, but I thought, <laughs> oh great, 210. But weren't we in the top 40 of some chart once or other, ages ago? I can't remember now. I think it was yeah. maybe the video, because this is just gaming, and that could be tiddlywinks and basketball for all we know. Everything lumped together. I'm not sure if it's an electronic or video game or what. Yeah, I think we were in the top 40 of the... Best Beard Award. The, the duo on the talking show. <laughs> Sean, when you run out of ideas, stop talking. I've told you that before. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. I've got to get used to podcasting again. I forgot, I forgot how to do it. Oh, you're, it's, like, it's like riding a... A turtle, you'll be all right. It's okay. Oh, I love turtles. I have actually been re- I've restarted restoring the ISIS cab in my front room. You know, I'm going to make it into a, a recognizable Mr. Driller. Mm. As we all haven't been able to do much over weekends and stuff during this, this I wouldn't say lockdown, I'd say compulsory isolation. And not many people have yeah. been isolating either. So, yeah, I made a fresh start on it. I battled through the lack of motivation with that thing. And I did some awkward, boring parts, such as removing some of the wooden PCB holders inside the cab that I'm being used. I installed a large shelf in there to hold a, stra- a stack of 3D, sorry, three driller PCBs. And also a Neo Geo MV1B motherboard. Because I'm going to just put um, some puzzle games in it. Simple, single button puzzle games. 
I shifted the switching power supply in the monitor ISO transformer out the way as well, so put it in a careful place. Move more room for the boards. Wired up the speakers and the control panel and adjusted the monitor so it's nowhere near as washed out as it was. And I've also fit some of the smaller bits of pink T-mold into the cab. But as with all these ISIS cabs, the original manufacturer used quite thick barbed T-mold in. And the modern stuff just falls. Yeah, it's got a little barb in it, a little T-bit is barbed. So when it pushes in, it sticks in. Oh, I thought you meant like barb, like the back of a perch. No, no, definitely not. Definitely don't put fish in your arcade cab. Do not try and squeeze them in the little holes. They never fit. You might get some of those little white bait in there, but that wouldn't smell too good after a while, would it? No. no. Don't do that. Something's fishy here, you'd say. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so what you've got to do is you've got to fill it in, and I'm hoping to fill it in with grip fill, which is a sort of builder's um, adhesive kind of thing. And then reroute it with the, the the routing bit again to fit them in there. It's a bit of a messy job. So I have to do it outside sometime. Probably do it at the weekend or something. Yeah, there's a lot of wood mm. dust and filler flying around and stuff. But on that cab, because it's going to be quite a colourful game. You know, it's Mr. Driller with pink and blues and yellows and all that lot. I've already designed the control panel overlay. And I'll just do a, a marquee as well for it and get Ollie to print them off for me. Arcade Art Shop. But the tube really doesn't need replacing because when it's got quite light colours on there, because it's such a bright game rather than a space game all black, you can see a lot of visible poker machine burn on it, which is a bit of a bummer. So I might actually get a it's like a NOS monitor for that maybe, try and get a NOS monitor. I think it deserves it. Or maybe use um, a, a SCART TV. I've got a few SCART TVs lying around, 14-inch ones, and they look lovely on there because they're basically brand new. They never have any arcade burn on them. Alex also, our friend Alex, Alex uh, Nintendo Arcade, invited me to a Facebook group, another one, a Classic Arcade and Pinball live streaming group. Have you had a look on there yet? I've, I've been invited to loads of stuff. I'm just ignoring Facebook. I have done for a while. Oh, it's yeah, just, I definitely say that. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just not into it. I'm still on Messenger, but that's about it now, really. But these are these are things on Facebook I actually agree with and, and like to partake in. It's not the, the usual grime and nonsense, people posting rubbish on there and stuff you disagree with, but it's actually stuff I want to do. So I, I go on the Vectrex Fans Unite page quite a bit, and I go on the Universal Fans, mm, which are fans of um, you know the Universal games like Mr. Do and Jumping Jack and all that lot. That's quite a good one. And there's a UK VAT one I look on now and again. But this one's quite good. It's basically people streaming while they're just playing a game in their arcade. So you just go in there, set the camera up, hit the button. Hello, people. I'm playing blah, blah, blah tonight. And off you go. So I've done a did a bit of Terra Cresta when I was playing that on a proper board on the arcade machine. Ooh, nice. Uh, R-Type Leo was next to it because I, I put the board in to test it for someone. And I played that. Uh, I had a good go of that. Because I've never really played that game. I just sort of bunged it on and played for a few minutes on it. It was quite quite good fun. And there's people sort of commenting who were watching live and I couldn't actually get to it to read the comments. I sort of reviewed them afterwards. And then I also, um, when I was doing that, I was talking a load of old Tosh as normal, just sort of giving a bit of comment while I was on there. But I also <laughs> did a, um, a 240,000 point game of Dig Dug because I haven't played Dig Dug for ages. It wasn't a very good game for me, but I was just sort of playing that and just talking while I was playing. It was quite fun. Uh, what have you, what have no. stuff have you been doing with cabs? Uh, my cab blew it up. Uh-oh. Explain. It blew up the cab. Well, I was trying to put... A Dynamite in it? Oh, no, that's a mistake for a start. No. Uh-oh. Groovy Mame. Trying yep. to put Groovy Mame in, and it wasn't booting. And I finally realised... I was trying to do it off a USB stick into a PC. Yeah. And I think Trone had said... 
I was using a USB three stick. Yeah. And and it and into a standard USB into the computer, yeah. and I don't think it was powerful enough. It just wasn't booting. I couldn't understand it because it was it was it was booting on everything else, but th- without this PC. So I thought, right, I'll leave that. I'll put Groovy Arcade on, yeah. which I could install on a CD. Mm-hmm. And then that that start that started freezing. So I thought, oh god, I can't be bothered with this. I just fed up. I spent two days messing with it. Yeah. So what I'll do, I'll rotate my monitor and put that board back in that I had. It was a shoot 'em up board. What was it? Was that the one I gave you? Uh, it's King of Air. Oh, that King one. Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The multi. Oh, the other one, Strikey. Strikey's nineteen forty-five. I could have put that in, couldn't I as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, King of Air. But when I rotated uh-huh. my monitor, when I rotated my monitor, it wouldn't fit. A f- it wouldn't fit in the what do you call that thing that's like a chassis? Oh, chassis. just the frame. Frame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it won't fit. Oh right. So, so it's not you uh, can't rotate. That's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Yeah, and then and the lid, the big lid was right up on the candy cab, and that went shut down. But I, I pulled some wires out at the back somehow when I was doing it. Yeah. And then I plugged them back in where I thought I should go, and then I heard this burning smell. You heard, uh, I mean, heard a burning smell. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have really good hearing. Smell it, and uh, yeah, it's it's it blew up. So I've I've left it. So have you not tried to replace the wires in the right place and see if it's okay? Because it, it might have burnt a little comp- component, but it might still be okay. Oh, I don't know. I've had that before. It did smell like burning, and it popped. So if it, it popped wasn't, it could, it could be something quite simple. And if it wasn't for this flipping pandemic, I'd whiz up and see you and probably try and sort it out for you. I think Lewis is going to come when when he's when he's free to come out. He's going to. Come and have a look," he said. "Yeah, because I, I bet yeah. it's nothing, nothing too complicated. Might just be right. a you know resistors burnout or something silly like that. What in the power supply? Or... And, I don't know what, mate. It could be anything. But yeah. with those monitors, I, I, I can't remember what was in the back of that monitor now. But um, I think I think you can only put plugs in a certain way. You, you know, you can't really replace them in the wrong places because they've all got different number of pins and." Different spacing, so you can't really go wrong. It's it's pretty much holly proof, I thought. Right. Well, I, I pulled the. <laughs> what else have you pulled I, off of it? I think moving Uh-oh. the monitor, I pulled the plug wires out of the plug. What out Do of the what I mean? main two forty volt plug? The, the bit at the back that goes into the. The bit at the back. This is the what kettle... I deal with people. <laughs> kettle lead bit. <laughs> I think so. You know, you plug the kettle lead in the back of the cab, and this now well, there's nothing to plug it in, so I pulled them out oh. by accident. Oh, when, when rotating the cab on my own, which I shouldn't have done, because it's no. like thirty, like thirty kilos. Yeah, but. yeah. You can you can either hurt yourself, break the monitor, or 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 your head will explode, whatever. But just yeah, be careful, kids. Well, I mm. think the best thing to do is is throw a curtain over it and just wait until someone competent can come and help you with it. Yes, I've I've kind of done that. I've set up a load of because I'm missing the arcade. I've set up my own mini arcade in here. Oh, nice, good one. So I've got I've got loads of little screens playing the track modes. Uh huh. So I've got my LC, LCD and CRT both play one playing a Raspberry Pi one, one playing a Raspberry Pi three mm-hmm. playing, and they're just running main either screenshots or MP three. What do you call them? Slideshows or something? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. MP4, isn't it? That's it. And two computers, they're both doing the same. I've got my mini bar top, just playing the 60 in one track mode. And I dug out an old laptop that's like 
chunky and old. Yeah. It's old. It's older than me, so but we're not already. And that's playing stuff. So I switch all lights off. Switch all lights off. Cool. So, so and then, then then they're all sort of going and I think I'm back in the arcade. Nice one. That that is actually a really good thing to do. Because I haven't actually turned all my machines on together until probably the last person who visited me. And I can't remember who that was. I mean, you know what? It might have been when Tronads was down last, when he when he was working sort of this this end of the country, and we sort of went mm. in there and played some games, and he was showing me how to play Mister Do's Castle, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably the last time I put them all on at once. Because whenever I go in there, and I haven't been in there as much recently, because it's been I've been criminally neglecting it. And I went in there the other day to play a game. I was playing a bit of Cuba, as I often do. And I think I I, I, I have been playing Terra Cresta though. Because I've been playing Terracrestor on the actual board. I've got a bootleg board of it, and I have been playing on hardware. So I've not really been playing on you know on the PC. But that's a bit of a cheat for me, especially if I've got the machine or, or the board. So I've been playing actually on an arcade machine. I've been playing it on the Pony, and that's what I did the stream on as well. So yeah, I have been playing a little bit, and I want to try and get that that um, ISIS done. Because because things have been slowed down with mail and everything, and and you know getting stuff done. I've been waiting on some bits and bobs to finish off a load of controllers for Vectrex. I must have about twenty controllers to make, and then there's God. more people afterwards wanting them again. They're really popular, which is which is great. And I haven't taken any money off people, so I'm okay. I'm not worried about getting everything to everyone, but I want to try and get them done. I'm just waiting for a few last bits of bits and bobs to start the, the builds. I've got loads of bits in. I need to get the first bits on to start, which hopefully should be this week, I hope. So what else you been up to? I have ordered something FPGA-related. It's not a mister. Uh, hopefully it will turn up soon. And it is, it is arcade-related. One of the parts for it has turned up, an adapter for Jammer. Um, but hopefully that arrives soon, and there'll be some, uh, I'll be some doing reviews on that. Uh, Bobby Idod, the lovely Bobby Idod, oh, Mr. Idod, Robert, Robert, <laughs> has sent me a lovely Pi 1541 drive, which is a very smart SD disk drive emulator for the Commodore 64. And it's much better than the SD to IEC I've got, which is another little unit. And I've made a bunch of 3D printed enclosures for our small group. There's a group of us do it, and he's going to send a few to a few other people as well. Uh, Dr. Dean... The Game Whisperer has sent me some classic Macintosh floppy disks. So I've got a little Mac up there, which is a sort of about the same size as a Vectrex. And apparently you can use those tubes in a Vectrex. Um, but I've never had it I've never had it working. I've had it on, and because there's no discs for it, you need a boot disk for it, it's had the unhappy Mac little icon in the middle. So I know it sort of works. And I've tried some discs before mm. and they didn't try to work. So Dr. Dean sent me some discs. Hopefully it'll work on there. I think he sent me some text adventures and some system disc, or maybe something else. I can't remember what one it was now. I'll look later on. But that'd be good to get that going because it'd be a nice little sort of thing to have one in the arcade, sort of just running a game or something in the background. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. Um, I have bought also a few almond coloured sloped joystick boxes. Let me just show you on the thing. Look, look, look at these. Almond, it's brown, white. White, white colours, sort of beigey colour. Basically, I got them. Because they look like BBC B computers, and I've made a BBC B computer joystick with an overlay, which we've got the little owl on it with a BBC microcomputer. Ooh. I'm not sure if I've put a picture on the web page already of those, but I will if I haven't. But they're nice looking things. Got to make a few of those for people as well. Ooh. But playing Frack on that and Richard Broadhurst games is a joy with those buttons. Frack, that's a good game. Frack got his little yo-yo. 
but it's an impressive game. I don't know if it were actually any good. It's a huge sprite. Yeah. Huge. It's massive. Real nice little game. I don't think I've ever got more than about level two on it, but it's it's a game I played at school as a kid. Yeah. Love it. Well, I've been. What else have I been? I've been messing around with different versions of Linux on on the old laptop and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't need to go into the command line on them anymore. You just have to get used to the. GUI, you know, the GUI. Mm, it's it's got, all like Windows or, or Mac, anyway, isn't it? It's all very they similar. They are, really, yeah. All much got, of muchness. Looking at Arch Linux, which is different to, like, Lubuntu, which is based on Debian, and that seems really good. They're, they are really stable, powerful things, and, it, and it's running on my really old 2-gig laptop, and it's running fine. Yeah. But you've got to you've got to sort of monitor the usage, or it just crashes if if you open open three Chrome browsers and something else. Oh, that's why Chrome's terrible. It is, and something else. Never the, use the, that. The, the old laptop just crashes, so you have to monitor what you're opening. But it's good for the main slideshows, looking at stuff in dark. Can you play a reasonably new version of Mame on it, like a groovy Mame or something, or is it too old for that? I don't know, probably. Do you it's play name on it at all on, on Linux, or you just use it for little bits of bobs? Yeah, well, I play because my cab's blown up. I'm I'm playing it on. I'm playing SDL Mame is the one for Linux, and it's it's just, just an exact port, I think. Because that's what I got on the Mac. I don't play yeah. it on the Mac very often, but I have it on there just for research usually. But that's SDL yeah, I Mame. And I play it on this laptop, which is now running KDE Neon, KDE Plasma, which is which is a beautiful Linux distribution. Oh, it's so lovely. It's just really intuitive. It's very, very good, very good, very, very fast as well. Mm. And that's it, Vic. Oh, guess. Oh, oh, oh. This has got you interested. Come on. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. Don't mess with the classics I've put here. Yeah, don't mess with I- them. I was going round our weekly shop. We do a weekly shop, dodging people with masks and spitting at you and trying to lick your face, you know, like these COVID people do. Oh, do I saw rhubarb and the custard creams. Not custard creams. Rhubarb and custard creams. Right. You do know, right, that rhubarb and custard boiled sweets from our youth, they work, they're okay, they're nice, right? Yeah, but yeah. rhubarb, real rhubarb, is the devil's elbow. Everybody knows this. It's horrible. Oh, I'd rhubarb crumble the other day. Oh, nasty. I'd spit it out. And I love crumble. I I love rhubarb crumble. Rhubarb is so nasty, you've got to put half a tonne of sugar with it to make it palatable. Did did have a bit of sugar. Rhubarb and custard creams, not happening. It's not working. No, don't let it work, Sean. Let's boycott them. Yeah, and also, this is bonkers. Marmite peanut butter. Get out. And it... It tastes, it tastes exactly like it sounds. Marmite peanut butter, and I thought, no. I do you know love what Marmite. I'd rather do? I love peanut butter, but not together. Do you know what oh. I'd rather do than eat any kind of Marmite? Um, throw kittens on a burning cab. No, lick my own asshole. Oof, that'd be tricky, wouldn't it? Mm. But I would. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Listener feedback. Seeing as you've been away, we've had Whitney on, we've had Garen on, and there were some others planned. But that's all in the wind now, because you're back! Yes, he's back. Mr Holly's back. Oh, yeah. Oh, they did a good job, didn't they? They did brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a monthly one now, and we're going to do much less work than normal. But don't tell anyone that. Mm. And we're just going to get on with it. 
yeah, I missed it so much. And I thought, yeah, monthly one would be really good because you can, people get more time to play the game and mm-hmm. you can, it's not such such of a, a rush to get all the all the notes ready, is it? Yeah, and we do like to do we do like to do a decent show, and I don't like rushing mm. the last minute. And I was sort of getting to, to a point where, oh god, I haven't done any flipping notes for the podcast, and you're rushing them through, and you're missing stuff, and you might be getting stuff wrong. And I do like to do as reasonably accurate as we can. You know, I do like to find out what's going mm. on with stuff and work out stuff, and try and get as much information as possible. So hopefully, it'll give us a bit of time, and we do get quite a bit of feedback saying, oh, I haven't had time to play the game, or I've missed the, the cut-off. So hopefully everyone yeah. will be able to play with us now, because I know they like playing. And hopefully we'll get some decent games. Hint, hint, Mr. Holly, at the end of the podcast, you better have a good one for us. <clears throat> yeah, this one. I've actually yeah. play-tested it. I didn't really play-test Super Trio, so I've play-tested this one. Oh, yeah. You're still in trouble for that, by the way. It looks all right. You're it still in trouble really for well. that, that abomination of a game. It starts well. Gets no, bad. No. Gets really no, bad. Really bad all the way along. And then just goes downhill. You know, you know Charlie Farr was like in exile because of Peter Packrat. You've yeah. taken that place. We've let him out of the jail now and you're in there, theoretically. <laughs> so we have had a bit of feedback. Uh, Drumsy is the first one. Uh, thanks again for another brilliant podcast. But yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's awesome to know you both use the app which he, he made up, and mm. long may your enjoyment and promotion continue. On to Funky Fish. This is where it gets good. Funky Fish. Funky I like fish. the fact that none of it makes sense, like some bizarre cheese dream, although the British cheese boards finding in their cheese dream study shows no link between eating 20 grams of cheddar before bed and Funky Fish. I say they didn't science hard enough. I think the month-long challenge really worked in terms of competition. There was so much activity going back and forth on the app and on Twitter. My work is as busy as ever, and I'm not finding much time doing any work on the app, but we'll have some updates for you all soon, including my tribute to Victor and Sean in the arcade quiz section. Keep up the great work, and I already can't wait for the next podcast. Well, here it is, son. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. He is Jimmy. What is his name? I've just said he's Jimmy. Whoa. Hey, Vic. Thanks for another cast of your pod. Hope you have something special planned for 150. Do you well, know this sort is podcast, of. This is podcast number 150. <laughs> Yes, it is. But Celebrate good times. Come on, just a minute. Yay, it's podcast 150. Nice. Is that too much? Is that too much? It's okay. I broke it. I broke broke me pooper. Broke it. This is actually podcast at 158 because we've done point fives and oh right, that many specials. Specials, yeah. This is number one five eight. Oh, okay, we'll say one fifty little... anyway because it sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah, hundred and fifty proper ones. Hundred and fifty that are not quite as rubbish as the others. Yeah. Uh, what what are we on about, Vic? Oh yeah, Go podcast. On. And you keep the show and the download well beyond. But keep it going. He's saying sorry, missing our Sean, but delighted to have you continued with the guest presenters. Much owes thanks to Garen and Whitney, who are both really entertaining. Love their enthusiasm, passion, and backstories. Yeah, both their knowledge. I, I didn't know Garen had all that backstory of his arcade childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, I think he once he worked in one for a bit. Helped out. Yeah, great. And all Whitney's. I didn't know Whitney had that many cabs. I know, oh, I oh yeah. Had... I didn't even get when I went to see him. In, in Louisville. He went in his little games room. It's lovely. And he's got a cinema room and all this. The house is gorgeous. And then 
I found out later on he's actually got a, a sort of site because he lives on quite a big, big sort of bit of land. There's lots of land there, and he's got a another place. I think Alex went into full of cabs. He's not even started on yet. So yeah, he's got quite a few. But in America, it's they're, they're, they're to a penny, or they used to be. So I think yeah. he got got quite a lot when they were sort of easy to find. Mm, it's put if you do settle on a regular co-presenter why not continue to include random listener guests find out a little bit more about them retrobates mm. it's put my main pc needs rebuilding so i've missed playing a couple of games but i'm back on the game now complete with servo sticks four-way eight-way any which way i still lose i think you'll find they're just four or just eight mm. but that'll do they are very good i need to get um i need to get a servo stick my one one of my servo sticks in my horizontal main main setup in my pony, I think the the power wire came off the little motor and it doesn't work now. I need to fix that. It's just reminded me. Thank you, Jimmy. Just reminded me of that. And I've got a spare one. I'm going to put in my vertical one. So when I do want to swap from four to eight way, there's no mess around with screwed up. You just flick that switch, bzzz, and off you go. Four to eight way. Bish bosh. Wow. Bob's your auntie. Wow. Well, I'm talking about Bob and aunties. The real bounty Bob. Well, that was good. He says, just got in from a day's painting. Thanks for reminding me how boring it is. Been catching up on a few last few podcasts. Hope you do continue them, even if it's less frequently. They are good company while you work. I sometimes listen to them a few times. That's weird. I'm busy on my latest uh, 8-bit Atari game for the year's ABUC software contest, ABBUC. I'm having a go at creating a vertical scrolling platformer. There don't seem to be many of them, and most are usually flip screen or scrolled in sections like Quasimodo. I'm making something more dynamic with some novel ways of scrolling using the ladders and lifts, etc. It's sort of a vertical, not as good Donkey Kong. Well, in his head. Still looking for ideas, theme, name, three months to go. Eek. Anywho, I wonder if you know of any arcade titles that are similar or have any ideas. Also just played the 5200 port of Blueprint in the Atari 8-bit high school club. Fun game. Someone mentioned owning the arcade machine. Don't think you've covered this one. We haven't done Blueprint, but I have played it. And you can get a cabaret mm. arcade machine. I've played that. It's good. Blueprint, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird that, one. It's a maze game. No, it's not. Uh, well, no, sort of. You have to have a look at it. It's a bit of a weird one. You've got to collect parts of this machine and make the machine yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, it was that yeah. a Eurocade, remember? Yeah, is it bottom of the screen? There's like a little box that you take them down to. That's right, that yeah, to, to build the bits of the, the machine. Yeah. Mm. He says, might already have told you this, a couple of months ago... The pre-apocalypse. I went to a retro computer event at the posh ground, Peterborough United, and after hearing you talk about the Vectrex, I had to have a go on one with asteroids. Nice machine, and yes, it had that buzzing. I mentioned the 10p podcast to the organisers. Thanks to Sean and yourself, of course, and to other guest hosts too, who have done a sterling job. Best wish to all the 10 pences. This is from Jason on Atari Age. Real bouncy ball. Mr. 20 to 5. Good evening, Mr. Marland. I trust that you and your loved ones are safe and well. I just wanted to have a few bites of feedback on your next surprise guest. Lots of things have changed of late. Some will return to normal. Others may not. But I'm still here. Listed to your waffle on and spout complete guff for as long as you choose to continue. Thank I you, sir. I suppose we should keep on topic to the terribly crusty game. Terribly crusty, terrible crester. Oh, yeah. oh, Vic, it's not you, it's me. I just don't like it. Very slow Y axis movement. It is. Is it Y axis? Yeah, up and down is, is that, Y. I... Well, no. Oh, Actually, right. I, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a CNC machinist. I know mm. this. X is left to right. Y is forward to back, and Z is up and down. 
And you've also uh, got A, which is rotary, and B and C. Yeah, won't go into that. If you listen carefully, you can hear Sean's brain cogs working. Uh, but on a flat uh, screen, Y is up and down. And Q is the nether realm. No, Q is peck. Oh, peck? Yeah, and a drilling cycle. Oh my god, stop telling... I've just done work. I don't want to do work. Do podcasting. Get on with it. Wow. He's put, uh, yeah, you cannot, you can't shoot, shoot through ground to target some of them. Some you can. Daft deaths, daft deaths, and I spit my ship and lose track. Split my ship, not spit. <laughs> spit at it. I, I spit on my ship and lose track of which piece I actually am. It's a no from me. I, yeah, I know it is. I'm about that. Mm. Not a huge no, but ready for next game, which brings me nicely round to the new format. Love the fortnight, fortnightly episodes, but having a month to listen, play the games really does seem to sit better for my hectic life anyway. Long may you continue and all that sail with you. I'm glad he said didn't say sail in you. I don't want to be sailed, thank you very much. Well, I'll tell you what, when, when we're doing the monthly thing, we can actually do a little bit of streaming of the game we're playing and stuff. I'm certainly up for that. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? Because I've got a little, I've got a little tripod for my phone, and you could probably get one too. They're only cheap. Get them off Amazon. Just set mm. your phone up, hit the button, and do some streaming. It's great because you can always watch the stream later on if you're not there live. Because obviously you're not going to be there when certain people yeah. are ready to watch and stuff. That'd be quite fun to play. Failing that, I could just do some quick sketches. You can do really quick ones. Just flick them out like a flicker book. If you're yeah, playing Crester and all that, aren't? Yeah. Mr. Benson Rad's been on listen number four. He said a fine podcast indeed. Got me through an afternoon of work. Hopefully you're all safe and well. Nice to hear Whitney on this one. I rather enjoy playing Funky Fish. And I'm enjoying the next game, Terra Crester. Even been playing that on an actual cab, your old Targ one that you bought off me. I personally rather enjoyed the game. It's a fun game. But I did find it almost impossible to hold on to the special weapons. I only saw yesterday it was a button two to change formation. Hmm. I never actually realised that the whole blooming time I've been playing it over the last few weeks. My only gripe with the game was the ship could be a tiny bit faster... It was often hard to avoid things and get to a place in the screen in time. I'll certainly play a bit more going forward. Nice! We've got a guy called Mosey here. He's put, hi mate, just wanted to say I've been catching up on a podcast of late and checking out some early ones, and I've missed, in, missed them, but enjoying them. Having good laughs. I particularly enjoyed the Vectrex episode. So much so, I decided to pick up another one after having sold mine a while back. Nice. I picked up some amazing homebrew titles being created particularly Chris's Incredible Frontier and Lawrence Ives' Overlays. No, that's also... Lawrence's UV Overlays he's on about. Oh. Oh. UV overlays. I've also put on in an order for some of your excellent-looking joysticks. Thanks a million for keeping me company during this time and keep up good work. I know sometimes it's difficult with these passion projects to keep yourself motivated, but your work on creating the podcast is genuinely appreciated. I look forward to the next episode. Also wishing Sean all the best and looking forward to his return. Thanks, mate. Funny you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly shout-outs. The first shout out, and it's it's it's, ooh, I'm conflicted on this one. It's for Ian Cullen, and we should get out the. Just let me get it out for achieving a Twin Galaxies world record, but on Super Trio. Yeah, well done. Well done anyway. A, a terrible game, but well done on it. I'm not sure what score he got, but obviously the world record. Well done. Yeah, did well, didn't he? Got through all the bugs. Didn't you do well? Tony Temple 
really good new podcast, the Ted Dabney Experience. You know it's going to be good when Tony's involved. And he's, he's speaking to Warren Davis, who I've spoke to. I've met him. Mm. And he's the co-creator of Cuba. And he goes quite into the Warren's background and a bit more into Cuba. It was a bit more complicated. And there was another guy involved that you always hear of Warren Davis. You always hear of, oh, I forgot, is it Jeff Lee, is it? Yes. And there's another guy. There was another guy involved, I forgot. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good podcast. I don't know. I'm only taking your word for it and the fact that Tony is a top man. Uh, it's a good podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. I've got a ton of podcasts to catch up on, and I will definitely mm. be listening to it. So good luck on that one, Tony. Uh, I have to give a big thank you and a shout-out to Smarty Martin, Martin Laws. He's been helping folk out and repairing a bunch of arcade stuff recently, PCBs and machines and all sorts. He also helped me out via text, check a few things on my poorly Space Invaders table. Uh, there's no picture on it, but it sounds like the game's playing in the background, and the monitor is good. So I think it's something on the PCB that's not outputting the screen. So I've been doing a few mm. things on that, and he's hopefully when I get a chance to go and see him again, I can take the machine and let him have a look at it for me. But at the moment, don't work, which is really annoying, because I wanted to play Space Invaders of the day. Again, you could do some sketches, or you could cut out little green invaders, colour them in like luminous sharpie, and stick them on your screen and move them around as you're playing, kind of like Space Invader chess. Sean, that is ridiculous. What you need to do <laughs> is get some chopsticks, glue yeah. them to the chopsticks, and then move them around. Get, oh. get wife and dog to move them around for me when I'm playing, and go pew pew, and they could you know animate it for me. That'd be no, that wouldn't work, would it? <sighs> This this lockdown's not helping us much, no, is it? No. Are you are you working? Are you still there? I'm still working. I'm not stopped. Mm. Not stopped. Mm. But the thing oh. is, what I'm finding is is a kind of weird thing. I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm suffering, but what's happening is I'm, I'm going to work. Work's got a bit better because I got a new manager and he's actually doing quite a good job. So I do mm. work all day. I get on with my work. It's not too bad. I've got enough work on. I'm staying away from people as much as I can. I wear a mask all day long. I've been wearing it for the past month now. I wear a mask all day long. I sort of mm-hmm. stay away from people. I just try and get on with what I'm doing. We've got limited hours, which is only like an hour less than we normally do. So I'm fine with that. Eat a day. I come home and do some stuff at home and, you know, watch wife play Animal Crossing or whatever. You know, just some stuff to relax. All week. And it comes to the weekend... And we do go out like twice a day with the dogs, you know, get the dogs and walks and all that lot. But then there's not a lot else to do. You can't go for a drink. You can't go for a coffee. You can't go into Kingston Town to wander around and do some shopping. You know, you can't go for a meal anywhere. And it's just getting mm. all really samey. I'm sure it's pretty good for my bank balance because I'm not spending money. But I like yeah. living. I like spending money. I like going places. I like doing different stuff. I, I can't say I'm complaining. I'm certainly not complaining because I'd rather be safe and not get the virus, and not give it to anyone else who could be much more poorly than me. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it and everything. It doesn't really bother me. I'm not. I'm certainly not complaining. I'd rather be he- healthy and keep other people healthy. Uh, but it's just getting a bit odd, you know? Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's a bit it's weird. Very, it's a bit weird, it's isn't it? It's very surreal, isn't it? Yeah, but you, you guys have been off work as well, and, you know, it could be troubling time if you're not getting paid as much and furloughed and... You know, some yeah, people might no, lose no. their jobs, and it's it's you know, hopefully all our listeners and all their families are safe and well, and hopefully get back to normality soon. But we'll have to see when that is, won't we? Yeah, I think us like arcade club, the hospitality 
area or leisure industry, whatever you call it, it's going to be the last thing to reopen. It will be, yeah, because hundreds of people all stuck in together with a hot and sweaty room and touching stuff. It's definitely going to be the last to go back. And even then, I think it'll be social distancing. So we're trying to plan a way to work, make it work. And we've been talking through it for the last few days. Mm. We'll sort it. We'll I hope so. It. I do hope so. I don't think we'll get as many, won't, won't be allowed as many people in. Do you know there's an arcade in Hungary? And there's 170 cabs in this arcade. Yeah. And they're allowed 30 people in at once. Is that the Hry? H-R-Y. I know there is one there. We we need to visit it one day. H-R-Y Arcade is in the Czech Republic. And I think it's in a big log cabin. It looks awesome. I think it's that one I'm thinking of. Could be. There's a few in Europe we need to go to. We need to plan for next year, maybe, or something. Because mm. my, my plans for going to Japan... In October, it's my 10th wedding anniversary with wife. Um, we were going to go there, and um, that's been sort of put off. We're not, well, I don't think we'll be going to that. And there's, there's lots of events obviously planned for this year that are going to be postponed or cancelled as well, which is unfortunate because I do like an arcade event. So we'll have to work out and yeah. find out what, what's gone and what's on, you know, what's not on for next next time and give our listeners a heads up. But getting back yeah. to our, um, our shout outs. We have to give a big shout-out to Mrs. Galloping Ghost herself, Danielle Robbins, for streaming Flicky and getting over the 8 million point mark twice. Uh, and now 13.7 million a new world. Is that her world record? Yeah, she, yeah, she did it. <gasps> she got 13.7 million. Streaming about three nights. No, six nights running, I think it was. I only tuned in one night. It's oh, very, she very the record. Late at night for us. And she was looking at... There's a... Is there a website called MARP, M-A-R-P, which does, they also do high scores or something. I, I, yeah, I recognise it. And I think there might be someone on there that's beat her record. But Twin Galaxies Arcade, it's a, it's a new world record. When you get to 10 million, mm-hmm. you have to manually count Flicky because the, the score messes up. I don't oh, think right. it counts stops. I don't think it counts stops. I think it, it sort of loops back a certain number of thousand. So you have to count... Oh, wow. The score, man. So, a couple of, like, Doc Mac's friends and uh, John Munkus from Arkansas, you know, that place in America, Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he, is it Arcadia Retrocadia? I think he's some... Yeah, he's, he's a tech there, and he looks just yeah. like my son. He's really the dead spit of my son. <laughs> but I think he added it up to about 13.7 million. A few other people did. But wow, that's really good. It is a, Official record. It's it's been recorded, and there's this other one, this MARP record that I think Danielle might go for in her own time. She might just try and do it at home or something. I bet she'll beat that because as long as you yeah. record it, you can work out your score as well. I presume you can just play it back and then work out what the exact score is. Well Ooh. done, that is amazing. Yeah. Oh, really I have to give a big play. shout out to Mister Idod, Robert, Robert. He's been back in hospital again with his block drains, but he's out again. Hopefully he's okay again now. Get well soon, you idiot. Come on. Yeah. And the final shout-outs to the, to the chaps we chat to on a little weekly Zoom meet-up, which you, you, you visited us last week, didn't I you, I jumped on one, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really good to actually talk to people about arcade games instead of talking to wife about shopping and RuneScape. Yeah. So she talks about shopping and RuneScape. And what stuff. RuneScape or RuneScape? RuneScape. Is she? Is she? Is she joined the Wiccan Temple or something? It's a what do you call it? An MMORPG thing. Oh, is she playing that? 
Okay. Yeah, Ian Ski, you know Ian Ski, our Ian Ski? Yes. He did the music for it. Oh, nice one. Well done. This is old school RuneScape, not new RuneScape. Okay. Anyway, shout out to Charlie Farhees, Jimmy, Mark, Happy Dude, Neil, 25, Soul, and the damnable fiend, Troll Nads. Yes, that Troll Nads. Uh, another shout out, just a quickie one, is thank you to Dr. Dean for sending me those discs. I'll be trying them out after this podcast. Oof. Oof. Well done, Dr. Dean. Arcade Master Quiz. Right then, cue the music. This is the Mastermind Quiz. Now, I like quizzes, and if you don't like making them up, Mr. Sean Holly, we could ask the listeners to make them up for you, and you can read them out for me. So if you'd like to quiz me and Mr. Holly to read them out, please send in your quizzes. Ten questions or more. Bonus questions, whatever you like. Make them hard. All going to be arcade related. I'd like a hard quiz. That'd be good. But in the meantime, I've got a quiz for you, Mr. Holly. And it's not that difficult because I nicked this quiz off the internet. So all these questions are actually internet questions. And I got them all right, by the way, when I did it. So let's see if you can. All right. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Yep. Question one. What was the very first commercial video game arcade machine? Computer Space. Ping! Correct. Whew. The perpetually busy ghosts in the Pac-Man series are named Inky, Blinky, Pinky and... Clyde. Ping! Two. Ooh. Correct. Uh, three. Kaiju, meaning strange beast in Japanese, and a general term for giant city-smashing monsters, are controlled by the player in which 80s arcade game? Rampage. Ping! Correct. (laughs) See, these aren't that difficult. These are internet ones. Right, question four is wrong for some reason. So question five. Which Mm. of these games is the highest grossing video game of all time? And I'm not going to give you a list. You just need to tell me because that would be too easy. Is it Pac-Man? Yes, ping! Batman. Number six. The Tetris theme song is actually a Russian folk song about a saucy street vendor. True or false? <laughs> I'd say true. Ping is correct. Wow, I've got more so far. You have. Uh, what classic arcade character's speech is randomly generated by its game sound chip? Is that Qbert? Oh, yes. Uh, I'll give you a bonus point for doing an impression of him. Question eight. What tool can you use to flip all enemies on the screen in a certain game? Actually, I'll give you the game. It's Mario Brothers. Which tool? Turtle shell. No, it's POW block. Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers. Wap, wap. Oh, bum face. Right, this is a question I had to change. What year did the first major arcade game Pong, but in the Puppy Pong cabinet, when was that released? Original Pong was 72. I'd say that was 73. Oh, 74. Oh, big bum face. Last question. What's the most valuable bonus item in Pac-Man? Is it the key? It is. Ping! Key. You got all Ooh. those right, except two. Eight out of ten. Mm, seven, because I missed one question out. But yeah, pretty good. 
No, I've got, got a bonus point for doing the Qbert voice. Oh, go on then. That's probably the best <laughs> you've ever done. Eight out of ten. Yay. Oh, Easy. I just thought of something as well because I got my phone on. I just had a message back from John Singletary, our mate in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. They had an offer on for those little Neo Geo cabs. You know the little Neo Geo cabinets that came out a little while ago, the little tiny ones. Yeah. They had them for thirty dollars. So I got him to buy me one. I got him to send it over for me, and I'll hack it so I can play Waku Waku Seven, which is a brilliant Neo Geo game. You can HDMI them, can't you? I think. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, and you get like extra controllers for them and all that. Like, but I just want to play some of the some of the Neo Geo games I actually like on there. Waku Waku isn't on there, but I do believe you can hack them and put all the Neo Geo games on, which is what I'm going to do. Definitely. I think Whoa. he got himself one as well. Well done. Thirty dollars. Feature game review. We are now on to the featured game review. Now, before we get onto this, I'm just going to have a quick word, because Sean and myself have been planning this for a little while. We were going to play Gwanga, which is a cave game, and it's one of the cave games I really like. But neither of us can work out the scoring system in the game. And seeing as there's no Western language releases of this particular game, as far as I know, we're stuck. And even when you get a good score, what you think is a good score, you can't even find it in the high score table, because all the names are in Japanese. You've actually got to input your name in Japanese kanji. So you, I can't even work out what your names are. Uh, so we're not quite sure how to play it with any kind of purpose. But if anyone does know the rules and can give us a a good tutorial on how to play it, we'd really appreciate it. Because we want to play that game. Because it's an absolutely brilliant bullet hell game. It's a really smart game. I love it. But just, we have no idea. So instead, this one, we're doing Terra Cresta. Or Terry's Crusty Bits. Do you know what my name is in Japanese kanji? What it translates as? Bearded idiot? No, wise wise beard. No, it doesn't. It's wise beard. Wise beard. <laughs> You're a settler. Wise beard. <laughs> so joining me on the podcast this week is Wise Beard. Wise beard, Holly. Any road up, any road up, any who? Uh, Nichibutsu, 1985. It's quite an early one. It was designed by Shigeki Fujiwara. The hardware is Motorola 68,000-based CPU. And it's got a Z80 with two YM2203 at 4 megahertz chips for the sound. But later versions of the same board used a YM3526 at 4 megahertz, which sounds a lot better. Better MIDI sounds on that one. The game used an eight-way joystick, two buttons. Two buttons, Benson Red. Two buttons. You listening? Two buttons. One for normal shooting. Not one, two. And the other for splitting your ship whilst it's powered up. And it sounds, well, the first version sounds like this. And the updated sound hardware sounds like this. I like the better one, but I was playing. My my board's got the original sound. I like the better the better sounds on the other one though. Terry's vest, which we're going to call it now, is a vertical scrolling shooter where you can upgrade your spaceship and split into different parts for a short period of time, increasing your firepower. The game is set on an Earth-like terrain with alien craft attacking you, as well as ground gun installations and evil mech dinosaurs. There are large boss ships at the end of each level. 
Very similar to Xevious. If you don't manage to bring down the boss ship, it flies off, laughing at you and your crappy firepower. <laughs> the ship upgrades, these are called formations, hence the F, are numbered installations that pop up at the ground, yeah, and you have to shoot the numbered sections to gain the upgrade. More, more numbers for each part. The first upgrade, Mark two needs two items to be shot, third three, three items, etc. The final upgrade is number five, where when you press the split button, you transform into a fiery phoenix and is invulnerable in that stage. You, walk in, you can just fly into stuff. It's great. It's only a very short amount of time, though. It's like five or six seconds. That's all it is. I suppose if you're on the boss level and you fly into the boss, that'll get him, get rid of him quick. But there's not. I think I've, mm. I've got to the phoenix once. I've, I've managed to be the phoenix once. <laughs> Just not that good at it. So that's how you play the game. It's just basically an up the screen shooter, isn't it? Yeah, endless shooter. Mm -hmm. One of the earlier earlier shooters. There's only so fast your ship will shoot. So if you batter the fire button, you're not going to get a fire rate quicker. Mm. So you find the fastest speed you can fire. It's very unusual. So if say like on any other game, like 1942, put auto fire on, it'll fire three shots immediately and you'll have to wait till those three shots have gone off screen before you fire another three yes this doesn't you can't fire immediately you've got to fire i don't know it's not half a second but you, you get a rhythm the fastest amount you can fire yeah it's quite limited isn't it and it's that's very unusual you, you, you can actually sort of get used to it but i don't know that in any other game really mm, it's a bit odd this one mm, and it's it caused a few problems so the tips and secrets I sort of garnered and worked out for myself is to keep hold of the upgrades and don't die, basically, because mm. you do need the upgrades for some of the bigger aliens because you can get rid of them a lot quicker. It makes your life a lot easier, especially taking down a stupid splitting craft and the bosses. When you split with many parts, you can park the parts, not your actual ship, but the parts you split out of, over the bad guys while taking them out quicker. And you won't be harmed as long as the original part of your ship isn't hit. But you've got to keep an eye on which part is your original bit of your ship that um, Mr. 25 was talking about earlier. When you are in, in unsplit mode or together mode and have your upgrades, you can actually be hit once, lose your upgrades, but you will survive. But you lose all your mm. upgrades, you've got to get them again. But you don't have to build them up again. You can get, I think you can get like the numbered version. It doesn't go back to number one. You know, if, you, if you, you're ready to get number three or four, it'll stay at three or four, but I'm not sure if it gives you those those massive upgrades again. But some of the upgrades right. are quite good because they shoot behind you, and one of them even gives you a, like a little um, force field behind you, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is quite a handy yeah. one. If you've got that force field, you can get hit twice before you die. So if you get hit, oh, you lose right. the force field. If you get hit again, you lose the rest of the powers. So that so it's nice no, three times. You hit the third time, then you die. That's that's the only oh, right. time you can. I normally thought... it's one hit to lose all your power, and then the next hit to die. Right. I, th- I thought the actual the the barrier behind you was actually to stop you getting shot. But I didn't realize you're going to get shot twice with it. Well, if you've got the barrier, I think you're. I think you are with that. I think you're up to five. You're on five power ups then. Yeah. And yeah, so you can lose. You can get hit twice when you're at the, the, your max strength. I think. I thought it was an actual barrier that you could use all the time. That's a bit of a bugger, isn't it? It's not good. It doesn't kill. Bullets will go through it, but you can kill ships with it. You can like hover on them, and they'll, they'll destroy if they right. try and try and ram you up the backside. They'll just. It's never they'll good. Explode. Yeah. Another little thing I worked out as well. I'm not sure if we put it in the notes yet, but 
we t- uh, Mr. Tronad's mentioned this on, on the little Zoom meeting, or maybe as a, a tweet I had with him, a private tweet. But he was saying that when you shoot the dinosaurs, you kill the dinosaurs, they, they, they crumble into a load of bones, which is quite a nice little effect. But then you can't shoot through the bones. But mm. if you go in front of them or ahead of them and shoot backwards with one of your power-ups, you can actually get a bonus point for killing the bones. And a, a spaceship flies out of the bones... And if you kill yep. that, you get another thousand points. You can actually get three thousand points for the for the dinosaurs. I actually did it yep. the other night when he mentioned it to. Me, I looked out for it and I did it. And I'm not sure if that ship can actually fly into new kill. It just tries to get away. So it's like it was it was controlling the dinosaur. If you know what I mean. Mm, it's it a weird one. It's it's rare that it actually flies out as well. I've not seen it's not... a red. It's a it's like a red spaceship, like a jet that flies out of it. Yeah. I have managed to kill it as well. Yeah, I have. It's weird, isn't and, it? Because you, you, you don't think there's many secrets in the game. Not as far as we found. You're not so, you can, you know, it's not like riding where you can shoot parts of the bushes and you get a fairy come out or a bonus or whatever. It's not like that. Mm. But this is like a weird little addition to killing off the dinosaurs. Mm. And it's a bit of a pain if you're shooting stuff that won't that can't be destroyed. Your bullets won't go through it. So if the aliens are behind it, you're trying to shoot. You won't get them, and they can get you still. Which is a bit still of a pain. through it, yeah. Yeah. There's these spinning spiky gets that surround your ship, and you can't shoot through them, and the aliens can shoot you. And they they must be there for 20, 30 seconds. Really? If you split, if you split your ship in a formation, and the formation goes outside the spikes, you can still shoot the baddies. But it's it's hard work if you can't, and then you've just got to dodge everything until they go away. When the do get. they come and get you? What level is that? Because I've not seen those. It's a bit later on. It's maybe after you've killed like the third boss, I think. Oh, I didn't get that far. No, 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 no. Nowhere near. Ah. Anyway, try not to get hemmed into a corner. Well, that happens to me a lot in this game. It's mm. very frustrating, especially on the boss levels. Yeah, oh, that's so tough, yeah. The collision detection is doesn't give you any leeway whatsoever. You've just got to be tinily touched, like a tiny little corner. Yeah. Or a little whisper in the wind, like a little kiss. And you, and that's it. You're dead. Yeah. You're dead. Not good. Dead. Difficult. Gone. Gone, Vic. Gone. <coughs> right. You get topped up to three formations every time you power up your ship. So learn what enemies you need to use them on and use them often. I, quite, I use them quite often. I, I, I save them for the bad guys, though, the boss guys. Yeah. The enemy attack patterns are the same, but they appear relative to your position on the screen, making it difficult, hard to deal with. Yeah. So if, if you. If you know they're coming and you think, right, if I stay hard left here, I know they're going to fly and I can just pick them off as they come down. Or if I stay in the middle, I know they're going to fly under me if I don't get them. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know another game like that, really. So it's fixed attack patterns, but they appear at different places, positions in the screen. Yeah, Star Force has got a weird thing like that, hasn't it? Well, they'll come in certain positions, and when you, you get killed or whatever, and then come later on, they'll come in different areas and if you go further up the screen they go at the bottom of the screen so it's relative to your position where they come in ah yeah maybe yeah yeah very clever anyways it's, it's just hard makes it hard to learn yeah i'm not a fan mm. sometimes if you see a floating orb with rings around it looking like a bit like a crap saturn shoot that when the other bad guys are around and the exploding balls if they hit the other bad guys you get a thousand points for them yeah i've done that before and there's no more hangers. They're called hangers where you get the power-ups. When you are fully powered up, you don't get any more hangers. Oh, right. So you can't, re- you can't replenish your formation. 
That's a pain. So this can be a pain when you when you re- you can reach a boss with your full power up, but you, but no formation splits. So you've got yeah. to kill him without using your formations. And there's one. I think it's the third, the second square boss. Yeah. That I really really struggle with if I don't have power ups. Because because sometimes you get hit once, and then if you don't shoot him, if you don't kill him. It will just eventually go away or get bored and go away, so you don't have to kill him. Yeah, yeah, I've done that before. I'm, I haven't actually killed the second boss. I've only killed the first one, and I have seen the second boss a few times. So you probably work out what my score is by that. <laughs> first one is a diamond. Yes. Second one is a square. The third one is a square, and the fourth one is a is a oblong. A, a, Dodecahedron. A kind of a big pancake with four arms. Yeah. What what geometry is a pancake shape? Would that be some sort of rhomboid, a rounded like, rhomboid? I don't know. It's like kind of, kind of like a bell. Yeah. You know when you them chefs get a pancake and they spin them on the finger. Yeah. And it's that that bit when they're spinning it like that. I think. That's just cartoon, oh, Sean. It's not real. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So sometimes if you if you're killing a boss and you're shooting him for ages and you survive quite a while, a while and he kills you, you respawn after the boss. Oh, so that's handy. Yeah, that's you don't good. have to face him. Yeah. I like it when games do that. It's like that's ah, too hard. Let me go. Let me carry on. Don't take me back, idiots. You can't go back. Yeah. Can't go back, Sean. <laughs> so it's it's quite good that. I think, What's this time. I see here? What have you been cheating at? What have you been doing, Sean? What have you done? What have you done? Oh yeah, the cheat the cheat section of Mame. There's lots of cool options if you want to mess around with a game. I forgot what they are. So I wrote this ages ago. But there's lots lots of different you know auto fires and get all weapons now and all right. make make a pasty. That's one of them. Yeah, little side quest make, pasty quest. Yeah, the screen goes horizontally. You can make a pasty. <laughs> That's not oh. true, Sean. It's not true. <laughs> Don't get listeners' hopes up trying to look for the pasty code on Terra Cresta. I want a pasty. I want a pasty now. I don't know what I've got from tea. I'm having it soon, though. The graphics mm. and sound, um, I quite like the 16-bit graphics. Quite nice. Mm. It's I quite do, muted yeah. colours, though. Quite muted colours, but it goes well with the game. Especially with the, I like the dinosaurs. Mm. I don't like them shooting at me, because they're quite accurate when they shoot at you. Um, but I like killing them and turning into bones, to skeletons. Everything is accurate. You get point blanks firing on this, which, which gets yeah. on the nerves. Never good, is it? You reckon it's a bit like a pimped up Xevious. This game probably reminds me more of Xevious than any other game that I know mm. of. Yeah, because the bosses are quite similar them. when they turn up and all that sort of stuff. No cabinet art, as far as I know. But then again, Stop Press, just the other day, I was looking at the Japanese flyer for this game, and you should check it out on the no shows. There is a tiny, weird looking cocktail cabinet next to a gymnast in pink lycra on the flyer. I'm, ju- I'm not Ooh. joking, this is true. And I'd love to see a better picture of that little cabinet. So if anyone's ever seen one of those, it's like a little cocktail cabinet, but it's sort of, it looks like it's made out of plastic, but I don't think it would have been in 1985. I don't think the candy cabs were around in 1985, especially cocktail ones. So if anyone knows a, a better picture of that cab, I'd love to see it. It was interesting. Ooh, yeah, I'll have a look. We have got some trivia on this game as well. Uh, Terry Christian, at one time the word presenter and celebrity whiny northerner, gave his blessing for Terra Crasta sounding a bit like his name. It was when it was released in 1985. Although he did insist on the last level boss to be called Terry. So if you do get to last level, it's definitely Terry. Terry, huh? Uh, your starship is called the Wing Galliber. And your foes are the Mandler army, who are hell-bent, hell-bent, they're always hell-bent, 
on destroying mm. all of humanity, probably because we refer to them as Mandy Army or Meddling Army, etc. Mm. That's why they're annoyed, isn't it? Yeah, silly armies. Anyway, we've got loads of players. I will input my score when we get to it, because it's not on here at the minute, but I will input it. Input okay. score! Input score! Oh, what? here's the thing. There is no score, nil point, from Mr. Charlie Farr, because he is a whiny baby. No, he thinks it's garbage. He, he, yes. he does not like it. No! He said, no, not playing. He's, he, he's yeah, not into he it. He thinks it's garbage. He says it's terrible. He hasn't put a score in, so everyone else is going to win. It's got a chance to catch up. And for this game only, we're going to give everyone 100 points. <laughs> Maybe not. So the first so it'll be, one... It'll be last, then. It'll be last. Yeah, it'll be good. The first one on our scoreboard is Roger Dodger, 19,200 points. Alan Delta Lima, 24,500. Kitty Ping, 27,800. DNO, 29,800. Swiss Liss, 34,000. Johnny B, John Beresford from the club. He'll be missing the club, bless him. He comes every Sunday. 34,100. Evoga, 36,700. Zestora, 37,500. Mick Bass. He's got the bass. Or is it bass? 42,000. Bass, bass, bass. Buttery biscuit bass. Michael Vortman, 42,000. Very hard. Too hard for me. Yeah. Paul McCaskey, 43,700. And he says, only had a quick go and had to play the Arcade Archives one as Switch as my emulators are balked. But it seems okay. Kind of run of the mill. Yeah. We've got two players on the same score here. Benson Rad, listener number four, way back in the day. 45,400. And the same for Retro Rob. Andrew Driver, 46,6. El Meepo. 47,000 dead. <laughs> Old Man Steve, 50,700. Terror Creator is okay, but it really annoyed me. There's some rage-quitting deaths punishing a lack of skill. The level scheme level seems to jump forward when you die near the end of a level and you can miss out the first boss. Yeah, I said that, didn't I? Back to Star Force, which came out the year before. Yeah, Absolutely. Star Force is a much better game. Much St- better game. Star Force throws this on the floor and stamps up and down on it. Mr. Berserker got 57,600 points. One Punch Rob, 61,000. I do like it, but with some very cheap deaths. I was starting to, it was starting to annoy me, so I stopped playing it for now. Anyone else have an issue where you just stop firing or fire really slow every now and then? That's the, that's if you're battering the fire button really fast, you're not getting any faster rate of fire. You've got to find that optimal rate of fire. Yeah. Uh, Ian Cullen, 62,400. Just can't get on with this. The difficulty's put me right off. It is really difficult. Yes. My jock, 63,600. Sal Bugli 64,000. And he reckons it's a fun game, but too hard for his liking. Ross Ross and his lovely cheese, 67,900. Next one would be me. I got 68,100 points and didn't quite finish level two. Ooh. Neil, 20 to 5, 7,500. Arcade question time. Question. Is there a slower, more inadequately powered <laughs> chip on any arcade game that infuriates infuriates you more than the turd of a craft you are bespoke with on Terrible Cruster? Answer. No. He's not happy. Uh, Mr. Messi, 71,200 points. Brian Haribo, 71,400. Why do we put ourselves through so much anger and frustration? Because we are make we- you. <laughs> I was rage quitting a lot, I must admit. So was I. Uh, Buller, 73,900 points. Average graphics and sound, uninspiring power-ups and some cheap death, but I find this strangely addictive. 
Mm, yeah, I still I played it a lot. JPing seventy four two hundred. Terry Christ on a bike. It's yeah. okay, but there's so many better examples of this type of game. It's fun until you get hit and put back into a pea shooter ship, especially when a boss is coming. My poor arcade hand can't take it anymore. Next. Pew. Pew. That's what it does. Pew. <laughs> Exploding Pinball Man, 79,800 points. Dino Might with dinosaurs and my arcade hand. Oh, my oh. arcade hand. Matthew Bridge, 85,400. Mark Happy Dude, 93,000. I don't hate it, but I can only stand a couple of goes at any one time. Zorro, Jeremy Riley, 103,400. Good score. Uh, Buttons, 105,100. Is he from Cinderella? He is. Ah, I'm glad to have him on board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I flipping well am. <laughs> Steve Tyke, 111,000. Croco, 113,400. Sol, do you want to do Sol? I might as well. 118, oh, no, 118,700. I call it Terry Pester. Never put as much time into this over years as I have now. Could do with a chuffing speed up. <laughs> Tiny Dan, who's from the podcast with the thing, and and Sol is as well, and the the pie pick pick pixel hunt pixel, pixel hunters. Hunt. I'm catching up with all the podcasts. I, I went off them for months. I've got I've listened to loads this last couple of weeks. Anyway, Tiny Dan, one hundred nineteen seven hundred. I seem to have some natural ceiling. I seem to get to a natural ceiling and, and then an oddity of a good run, as you can see by these scores. Well, he beat his brother by 1,000 points. That is trolling your brother, isn't it? It is. And those two lads and Mark, I did a podcast with them on Saturday. So when you listen to the Pixel Hunt podcast covering the letter N, I'm on it. Ooh. Pilbo, 131,200 points. He is Jimmy, 134,400 took a while to warm to TC, but really grew to like it. But what I would give for a speed-up, just one measly speed-up. It's not too much to ask, is it? Yeah. Rygar, 172,000 points. GG Harris, 173,400. Had a few days' practice and managed to defeat that fisted pillock. <laughs> he still he still nearly got me after he throws out his sneaky Pete bomb after death. Yeah, he dies. Which, which level is this? This is the one with the pancake sort of man. Pancake man, yeah. With the forearms. You shoot all his forearms. He's throwing out boomerangs. You kill him. And then when he dies, there's a spray of bullets. You've just got to stay, you know, dodge him. Oh, that's not good. That's not good got at me all. Fir- got me first time. Didn't get me second time. Trick me once. You know you won't trick me twice. Mm. Do, 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 yeah. do. Trick me twice and I'll still get got because I'm an idiot. Uh, but you're yeah. not that much of an idiot, Sean, because you got 174,000 points. Yeah, well not done. Bad. Very Second, good. Third, Fifth place, not mm, bad for me. Good, good. Troll ads, two hundred and fifteen thousand seven hundred. I, I know, I knew he'd be good at this one because I saw him playing it years ago. Not sure why, but it didn't give me the third mothership with the arms, and instead gave me the second one again. Don't oh. know if it was a bug or something I engineered, but I have seen this happen before. I wonder if. Oh. Like I was saying, I think you. I I thought you faced the second one twice but maybe if you die he comes back so it could oh. be that so oh maybe i don't know mm. maybe he had some of them dodgy wobbly roms in his in his machine oh, i don't know wonky roms frothmeister 241,800 points 
Danny Froth, my in second place. We have Matt Neo MK, a late input for the scores 276,800. Good score. Not a, not a bad little shooter, but the ship is so slow vertically. Learning patterns helps stay out of the middle, is but oh, okay. Weird bosses, though, with the boomerangs and fist of fury. RIP Joffa Smith, who did the nice spectrum version. Yeah, RIP, rest in pixels. Uh, Graham Ten Shearers is our number one with. An astounding 314,600 points. Well done, Mr. Graham Tenshearers. He's a really good player. That's a he's, massive he's getting, score for this game. Constantly getting good scores, is he? Yeah, yeah. So we've got some ports and sequels here. Um, can you get, run us through the series first, Sean? Because it's a little bit like Gradius. There's quite a series of games. Yes, you have your immortal Mooncrester from 1980. A very, very good game. Mm-hmm. Then you have this one, Terry's Vest, yes. as it was called in the US and Japan, 1985. Then you have Terry Crestfallen, which is another version of this game. It's UK only, mm-hmm. 1985. Then you have Dangar UFO Robo. Good game. Yeah. 1986. Yeah. Then you have Terry Force, 1987. Then you have Terry Crestfallen 2. Go on, Mandora, do, the, do the name. Mandora no Gyakushu. 1992 well PC Engine game. And then you got some three uh, homebrew games that are available on Crap Mame. Have you played Crap Mame? I haven't yet, no. Because it's it doesn't a, exist. It's an exclusive port to, to my computer. Terry Pratchett. So you got Terry Pratchett, not Terry Pratchett, Terry Pratchett. Shoot him in the face in Ankh-Moor Pork. It's subtitled 1990. You've got Terry Gilliam. Shoot him in the face, Monty Python style, 1983. Terry Wogan. Shoot him in the face on Radio 2 RIP mix, 1998. So I three think more, three, more. three of them may appear just in your in your mind. All three, you mean? Yeah. So, oh. I actually played some different versions on this because we've got a little bit longer to do some research. I'm actually going to play some of the, re- you know, some of the ports and see if there are any. Because I do like Mm. Seeing the different versions. So the NES version, the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the Famicom, is an excellent, well-translated port. It's really good. But as with most home versions, um, the screen is 4.3 rather than 3.4. It's horizontal rather than vertical. Mm. Music is nearly as good as the the arcade version, but the graphics are quite a lot less colourful. Some better attention to the colour palette would have made this a 9 out of 10 port for me. Game does seem a little easier as well, which is also a plus sign, especially on this game. Uh, yeah, background graphics I thought were really good. Sprites are a bit bland. I, I played it on Raspberry Pi One. Yeah. With a, a real crappy D-pad controller, so it wasn't didn't get the best experience. So I didn't find it easier after a while. I think it ramped up a bit. I bet it does. But an easier start would be better on this game in the arcade version. Mm. The Commodore sixty four version is is four three again, and the sprites are way too large, making for a very small playfield. Seems pretty slow, and thus a lot easier. The music has had a bad Sid remix for some reason. They should have just left the, the tune alone. Seems okay, but doesn't follow the arcade version that well. C64 1942 also suffers from a very small play area too. Mm, Spectrum version. Yeah, the Specky users were treated to a 3-4 screen version. Well, they only used the thin area of the screen, which is good enough for a game like this. And the game was written by super talented Jonathan Smith, as we heard in the scores earlier. And the entry music was done by Martin Galway, although the 48k version I played didn't have any in-game music, just a few pew-pew spot effects. 
The levels and enemies are only very loosely based on the arcade original, but it is a very good little shooter for the Spectrum. And I did actually play this back in the day myself, because I didn't know about the arcade version, but I played this on the Spectrum. Now, as you'd expect from the X68000, the Japanese computer version, it has the same processor as the arcade version, so it's going to be pretty good. And it's pretty much arcade perfect, apart from it's a normal 4.3 oriented screen again. And seems a little bit short on the top and bottom, as the graphics are still arcade sized. But it is an excellent version, easily the best port. Right. Now the PS2, PS4 and Switch have all had modern releases. And I expect they were just emulated versions on those. They're, they're perfect arcade emulated versions. Now, for the sequels... Uh, I played Dangar UFO Robo. Now you are talking. This game is miles better than Terry's Cresta. It is a true follow-up and <laughs> looks like Nihon Busan, uh, I think it was the same um, company as Nichibutsu, listened to people like us and made an improved game. You start off in full formation as a powerful robot. Well, robot. Probably called Terry, but the E is probably a three or something. You know how it goes. It can split yeah. into three separate ships for a short time. If you get hit, you're reduced to a single ship, but you can build back up again. Similar level layouts and bosses, but a fairer game and much more colourful. And I'd like to play this one a bit more. So this will be a future game for us to play, I reckon. Mm, it's a bit like a remix, isn't it? It's just like yeah. a added bits and that it starts off easier it does ramp up again and you can go through holes in the landscape you know and go into like an alien kind of factory kind of background oh i've not done that bit yet this kind of reminds mm. me of of raiden and raiden what was that raiden they brought out between one and two i think it was there was a, another raiden game right. i think we've not played we played one and two and there was another one Raiden 1.5. It's something like Raiden Plus. Or something. I can't remember the name of it now. It escapes me. But that's a good DX. little game as well. DX. Raiden DX. That's a good version. Really nice little shooter, that one. And it kind of reminds me of the same kind of slightly different game, but improved. Mm. So that's a pretty good one. Uh, Terra Force. This is a completely different game. This is a horizontal shooter. Sort of somewhere between Nemesis and R-Type, but not as good as either of them. It's got nice 16 bit graphics, though. Yeah, there's vertical sections as well, like Salamander. Oh, so they sort of yeah, nicked you... that from Salamander. Right, okay. Yeah, there's, there's little bits in the la- landscape. And it says in, you know, it's fashion in. So you go in it, oh, and okay. it turns vertical. Yeah. Nice. But it does suffer from point-blank death syndrome, where you can be shot with, like, with two millimetres. Yeah, I don't like that in games. That's unfair. That's what Raiden does. No, Raiden's brilliant. Raiden's just rough <laughs> and tough and awesome, so I'll let that one go. Uh, Terra Crafter 2 on the PC Engine. It is a sort of a mashup between Terry and Robert Dangar. A nice shooter on the PC Engine. And I wonder why only the PC Engine got it. Maybe because of the Japanese popularity of the original games, I don't know. But it, it would have been good on the Mega Drive or the SNES. Mm. And, mm-hmm. this is cool, it comes with a two or five minute caravan mode, and it has auto fire as standard. Do you want to explain to the listeners who don't know much about shmups what a caravan mode is? Yeah, it's. I think it was introduced by Hudson Soft, and you get two or five minutes to get as many many points as you can on the screen, but you yeah. can die. You don't get endless lives. It's like and a it's score just, rush, isn't it? Yeah, like a yeah, as many points as you can in two or five minutes, and quite a few. Oh, is it the Star Soldier games and Final Star Soldier and that kind of thing? And yeah, Gunhead they do have and those, that, quite, yeah. Quite a few of them had that caravan mode, which is really good to practice on. It's also for like competitions as well, wasn't there? Wasn't there prizes given away in Japan when they were came out? Mm, maybe for I caravan, don't know. yeah. So, what do you reckon would be 
what do you think of the game? What do you reckon would improve on it? And what do you what, just tell me what you reckon, Sean? Tell me. I quite like it. I've always really? kind of liked it. Yeah, I still keep going back to it. I don't know why, because it's so annoying. But okay. speed at vertical, speed at vertical movement. Instead, that horizontal is fine. Vertical slow. X X's does this as well. Savage bees. That is slow vertical movement. I've never really it's noticed very, actually. That one. It's very hard to go up the screen to get out of the way of stuff because you're too slow mm. and you can't shoot through the bones and crosses and background scenery. It limits your bullets. They create obstructions, but it's no obstruction to the aliens. They can just straight shoot straight through them. Yeah, that is unfair. I don't like, I don't like unfairness in games where, where enemies can do stuff and you can't. I, I know mm. some games need that. You know, the, the ghosts in Pac-Man can obviously get you, and you can only get them when you when you're powered up with a thing. But games like this, where you're shooting stuff and they're shooting back at you, and they've got the same kind of fire firepower, it does seem very unfair. And especially if they hide behind some of these things you can't shoot through. You can't actually get them, and they can still shoot at you. you just got to dodge them. It's a bit unfair, that. I don't like it at all. That does bother me in this game. Mm, I would like a continue option. I know these endless shooters didn't really have one, but I'd like one because you can see farther on in the game, and there, there is different backgrounds and stuff later on. Yeah. With the shooting stuff, or you can't shoot through stuff, for, for instance, the bones of the dinosaurs, if you go in front of them or ahead of them, and you can shoot backwards with your powered-up weapons. Can you can you kill them then, or is it just the bones you can shoot to do that? You can if you go above them and you go backwards and you hover over the tail. You can kill them while they're still alive and you don't die. Oh, okay. So you can hover over the body as, yeah. as they're going down the screen and you can kill them. Oh, I didn't know that because they can't shoot behind them. No. Idiot dinosaurs. What are they like? No wonder they've died out. Twit. All dinosaurs can shoot behind them. Yeah, I thought that. Uh, this sort of did suffer from rubbish video game physics, right? Because you are in the sky, right? In your craft, spaceship, whatever it is. And stuff is on the ground and your bullets are nowhere near the ground, right? Unless you, you're angling your craft downwards to shoot them, to hit the stupid dinosaurs. But then you can surely shoot over the stuff in a, a, an angle. It, it's just it's just not very clever, is it, that bit? There's a lot of games like this, isn't there, really? Yeah, but not shooting through stuff is a bit annoying. Mm, now, the thing yeah, that bothered get... me on the game is the difficulty curve, obviously. It's far too difficult to be enjoyable. It really is. I can imagine people going back to it, because I, I did actually, I didn't get annoyed with it immediately, and I went back, and I went back, and I tried to get a better score, and I was trying to play it, and I did rage quit a lot, but I did go back to it. So I can understand why you quite like it. Mm. But the difficulty is just... It's, it's not like you can learn to play it better in my instance anyway, personally. But it's just it's just too difficult. And the thing where you can't shoot through stuff and, and some of the, and where the bosses just hem you in the corner and you can't move vertically, like you said, quick enough, it's it's damned annoying and it does bother me. Yeah. The colour palette is a bit Commodore 64, isn't it? It's a bit muddy. The game's not very bright. It's all right. It's okay. okay. I suppose if you you think you're in a desert kind of scene, it's not so bad. Bosses are very annoying. Seem quite samey from the ones I have seen. Uh, zero distance shooting from enemies is very unfair. Uh, they can fly into the back of you in formation, which is also a bit of a bummer. So if they, you know, when they come into formation, sometimes when they come from behind you, Gallagher styley, if they just mm. flashed like a quick danger on the screen or made a noise or something just to give you an idea something's behind you and you can move, that would be much fairer. And I quite like that part of the game if they did that, but they don't. Uh, also, an auto or a rapid fire power-up is sadly missing in this game. That'd be much better. 
you know, Star mm. Force styly. As for the speed of your ship, that'd be like this is a bit like playing Gradius or Nemesis without the first power up all the way through, which would yeah, well, be when... impossible. It's so slow. Your ship in Gradius when you first start is so slow. It's it's awful. But then when you get killed, you always get that first power up back again, so you can continue a bit. But when you yeah, first play it, it's like playing the game all the way through like that. Painful. Mm. The, the the attack patterns when they come on the screen initially, they never ram you up the bomb. They always whatever wherever you are on the screen, they'll sort of swoop. Yeah, I got and, and... rammed in the bottom, in the face, in the side, up and down, left, right, inside out, everywhere. No. When they're on the when they're on the screen, when they're finally on the screen and they're swirling, then they can come under you and everything. And, oof! Yeah. Oof! Annoy. Enjoy. I would enjoy this. Oh! Why do I keep playing this? The clever attack patterns relative where, to where your ship is positioned when you appear make it hard to learn the best route through the game. It does have a bit of nostalgia for me, though, as it was in a Spanish bar when I was on holiday in Spain with the lads when I was a younger man in Spain. Oh, was this around the time of the, the Spanish Revolution? For me, it's annoy. It's quite a good game, but let down by ridiculous difficulty setting. I'd like to play more but so often quit in a rage. And I did play for a fair bit, trying to like it, but it's just irritating. The best thing is, the best thing is about this game is I found UFO Dangar and Terry 2 on the PC Engine while working on this game. So uh, every cloud, Rodney. Every cloud has a silver lining. Next show's game. Coming back, Vic. Have I done all right? Mm, I'd say... A strong six out of 400. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you can pick the game, Sean. Go on, pick it. But, but yeah. right, of course you can pick the game. Make it a good one, and I mean rooting tooting good or baluba luke good. They're two games you've picked in the past. You've been absolute belters. Find me a good one. Go on. I, I think you picked baluba luke, didn't you? No. Did I, I oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, rooting tooting was really good. I like that one. I think, mm, I, I, think right, I did I think do baluba luke, this... yeah. I think this is a good one. I've done a bit of playtesting this time instead of not. Uh, it's yeah. Magical Crystals. Oh, okay. From Canico, 1991. It's the World ROM, which is M-G-C-R-Y-S-T-L, Magical Crystals. Yeah. Everything's default. You have to go to, in the setup menu anyway to change anything. But it's three lives, standard difficulty. I don't know what the extra lives are. It doesn't say in the menu. Okay. Process when you says in the um, in the attract mode. Anyway, it's all standard settings. I think I know this game. I think I know you're a little wizard flying around in midair and you jump over little platforms. But I can't remember. I'm looking forward to playing it because it's one I, I don't really think I know that well. If you remember us playing March and Maze like years ago, it was like a kind of isometric kind of platform shooter kind of thing you went up the screen and yeah. it had an Alice in Wonderland theme didn't it it did yeah well, this is kind of like an overhead version of that mm. more overhead less isometric I think it's the game that's in my mind I think it is oh magical crystals magical crystals send your scores email me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk 
or stick them on Twitter as hashtag 10pscore, 10PSCORE. Uh, or you can Twitter us or Facebook us uh, or a comment on the podcast post. And also, please buy and download the Sidekick app and join our club on there. It's absolutely brilliant. The deadline for this score submission will be Tuesday, 9th of June. We'll be into June by then. 5pm UK time, please. Mm. So, going forwards, Mr. Sean Holly. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for podcasting with me, Sean. Thanks for listening, listeners. And we'll see you oh, in about you. a month. Thanks, listeners. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast... Read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.